Dear family members and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, from whom are all things in heaven and earth, and for whom we exist, and in whom all things hold together, Jesus the Christ. Amen. He thought he was going crazy. He thought he was going crazy. For months now, Joseph had sat by himself in the back of the synagogue on the Sabbath. No longer did he have any family or friends to sit with. People just kept their distance from him. I mean, Capernaum was such a small fishing village that everybody knew everybody and what everybody was doing. You might say it was a veritable fishbowl. Like, have you heard the latest on Joseph? Well, you know what they're saying. Nutcase. I'm just saying. And so as Joe sat there alone, this din of unholy voices started clouding his mind with chaos. Those voices, those old voices getting louder and louder. Who are you anyway, Joseph? A fisherman? <laughs> Besides the f puny fish you catch, you stink as well. By the way, when are you going to pay me for that new boat? You're just a loser, a dirtbag, a nobody. We heard your wife even left you, and, and now even your family won't talk to you. Ah, but forget about them. Just hang out with the guys at the bar. You know, a bucket of beer is better any day than a bucket of fish. Life, it's just a pain in the stern. You're an idiot. Maybe you should just get it over with. Lost your job, lost your wife and family. Have you lost your mind too? But then Joseph heard a new voice, a still small voice that had the power to break the darkness and the din of these old voices that were going round and round in his head interrupting an otherwise rather humdrum Sabbath service. It was a voice from one who proclaimed that the kingdom of God is at hand, to repent, to know that your sins are forgiven, that you're not a nobody. Rather, you're a beloved child of God. Well, Joseph just couldn't take it anymore. As the old voices began to scramble at this word and came convulsing and screaming out of him with confused pronouns flying all over the place. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And with but a word, Jesus silenced and cast out the real dirt bag. That is, the unclean spirit that was driving Joseph crazy. And the people were amazed, saying, What is this, a new teaching? With authority, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. 
Now let me ask you a basic fundamental question. What or who defines authority that's true and lasting authority for you, that's steadfast? Perhaps it's a black judicial robe. All rise. Or maybe it's symbolized by a white lab jacket with a stethoscope over the shoulder. Maybe not all rise, but please be seated or bend over. <laughs> or maybe it's that classic line from time immemorial, authority, because my mom said so. There it is. And so it's back to our gospel story for today with Jesus and the man whom I've referred to and called Joseph. After being baptized by John in the Jordan, with the authorizing voice of God from heaven saying, you are my beloved son, on you my favor rests, and he is moving out out of the banks of the Jordan to share this word. Jesus begins his ministry with four of his disciples in a small little fishing village on the northwest shores of Lake Galilee, a small town called Capernaum. It was the Sabbath, and appropriately enough, they go to church. Jesus, along with Andrew and Peter and the other brothers, James and John, they enter the synagogue where people are half asleep in their pews. The sound of a psalm is droning on, and an old scribe is reading the lifeless letters of the law with a bad case of cotton mouth. And so Jesus begins to teach, and then all hell breaks loose. A man stands up half out of his mind with a gaping hole in his heart, one that had been filled with short-term investments and a devil made me do it conscience, strutting and fretting. He hears the voice of God in Jesus' voice. Here the unholy encounters the holy. Sin and evil are met by the righteousness and divine forgiveness of God. And as with all schizophrenia, the man is aware that he's not at home. He's not at home in the world. He's divided. The demonic pretense and falsehoods come spewing out of the darkness of his divided self with a confused mixture of pronouns seeking wholeness, seeking identity. Sounding like a Dennis Rodman of the Chicago Bulls or Gollum in The Hobbit, talking to themselves in the second or third person. The arms that had been tightly wrapped around the possessed man trying to stay in control, now begin flailing with unholy howling. What have you do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Notice the deep irony here. Here's a man who's lost his faculties, who's lost control, Yet he's the one who recognizes who Jesus is. This is not some tale told by an idiot. And where does this happen? But on a Sunday morning in church. And then with but a word, Jesus heals the man as the convulsing darkness 
gives way to the calming light of God, a holy presence that fills the man's troubled mind and emptied heart. Have you come to destroy us? It reminds me of a First Lutheran nursing home communion service a few years ago that was led by Char Peters in our pastoral care office and my father, Pastor Jim. At the beginning of our communion service, the words of absolution and forgiveness were pronounced, and all of a sudden a woman shouted from the back, well, I'll be damned. (laughs) Well, we had a hard time uh, keeping from smiling. But I noticed her girlfriend poked her, and then we could all hear her say, No, Sylvia, you're blessed by this word, beloved, as witnessed by John 3.17. For God sent His Son into the world not to what? Destroy the world, but to be saved, healed through Him. Now let me ask you another question. Can you identify this morning somewhere in your life with this man I've called Joseph? Those obsessive, possessive voices racing around in your head that weigh on you like heavy timber. And you want to rant and rave and scream for all the pain. You can't escape it any more than the air you breathe or the face that you wear. You should have done that. You should have done this. You're running late. Again, I feel so guilty. I know she hates me. Why even try? You'll never be good enough. You're a nobody. You stink. You're a dirtbag. And so this is why it's so critical we begin our worship each time we gather around God's Word with the confession and forgiveness. We confess that we are what? In bondage. In bondage to what? Sin. And we cannot free ourselves. We need a Savior. We too, like Joseph, or the man in our gospel text, are also dying to hear a healing voice that has the power to break in upon our lives, our worship this day again. As our Old Testament text bears witness in Deuteronomy of God's Word, taking up faith-filled residence in Jesus' words, I will put my words in His mouth, says the Lord. And so we hear them with songs of thanksgiving and praise again this day, echoing down through the centuries. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by His authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. My friends, let these precious words of our Savior wash over you again this day, cleansing and freeing you once more from the bondage to all those voices in the world that seek to cut you down and drive you crazy. As my doctor father, Paul Tillich, has observed, spiritual healing is the depth dimension for all mental healing. What he's saying is that we must begin with the spiritual dimension before we can ever move on to the physical 
or the mental. Now concluding with the last portion of our gospel lesson. Notice how the beginning and the ending of this story come together with the key word as witnessed by St. Mark. If you have your Bibles there or on your phones in verse 22, and the people in the synagogue were amazed at Jesus' teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Again, at the end in verse 27, and they were all amazed, saying, what is this? A new teaching. With authority, he commands even the unclean spirit, and they obey him. And immediately, Jesus' fame spread everywhere. As you just heard Mark share in the children's sermon, the scribes certainly had a kind of authority as they carefully studied the law and quoted scriptures and tradition, amazingly by memory. But there was something new about Jesus' teaching. Unlike the scribes who always began by saying, there's a teaching that, or according to Rabbi Levi or Aaron, Jesus was the quote. He is the Word of God. Listen to Jesus saying throughout the good news of his gospel, you have heard it said of old, but I say to you, or again later in John's gospel, I and the Father are one. Jesus is the living word, God incarnate who proclaims a divine authority for a world where church steeples are more and more swapping across for a weather vane. Which way is the wind blowing today? Confused? Drive you crazy? And so from the beginning of creation, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And on that day, in that little fishing village called Capernaum, God said, in the person of Jesus, and there was healing, and there was wholeness for a troubled man. Yes, it's a word, the word of God that still goes forth this day, creating clear minds and filled and freed hearts, forgiven, reassuring. Here I am, says he, wherever two or three of you are gathered, in my name. This is my body given for you. And at the font, at baptism, with a splashing of water, you, says Jesus, are my beloved on whom my favor rests always. And so we read at the end in Revelation 21, Behold, I make all things new, says the Lord. Write this, for these words are true and everlasting, for I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. My friends, Jesus came into the world that we might have light even in times of demonic darkness. Whatever the demons, the unclean spirits might be. As Jesus says in John 16, I have overcome the powers of the world that you might have peace. And by his death and resurrection, signed and sealed by the cross, is God's signature paid in full, a final authority. Be still and know that I am God. Your sins are forgiven. 
Know you're free, for nothing will separate you from my love, says the Lord. You have my word on it. And we, like the people in Capernaum, are all amazed, for he taught as one with authority. Let us pray. O Lord, as we're soon to step into the dark shadows of Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent, create in us a clean heart and put a new and right spirit within us. Cast us not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from us and restore to us the joy of thy salvation. Amen.